We're three caballeros, three gay caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. We're happy amigos, no matter where he goes. The one, two, and three goes. We're always together. We're three happy chappies with snappy serapis. You find us beneath our sombrero. Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 170. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a couple of housekeeping notes we need to take care of beforehand. We mentioned on Monday that we are doing a virtual run club for the Run Disney Summer 5K series. Um, I guess to no surprise, they have delayed the registration for those races. So it was supposed to open up yesterday, Tuesday, March 24th, um, and it's been delayed indefinitely. So we'd still love to have you come join the Run Club. Uh, the link will be down in our show notes to join us on Facebook over there. We'll keep you updated as we find out things, but we're still going to do the races regardless of when they have them. Yeah, we hope to at least. Um we definitely hope that they still take place this summer. Maybe they're just delaying um, registration or something, but it is something that we're looking forward to just because it is something that you can really do wherever you are, you know? Yeah. So if you missed it, the run series is based on Magic Kingdom attractions this summer. So it'll be three 5Ks based on Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, and the Mad Tea Party. So we're really excited for those and would love to have you join us over there. So our episode today is a continuation of our storytelling series. Uh, the past episodes, we have done Peter Pan's Flight and Kilimanjaro Safaris. We're just breaking down the history of these attractions, the scene breakdowns, and the story that the Imagineers are trying to tell you. And then just kind of our Neverland score is what we're calling it. Yeah. So we just want to share kind of our, I guess, opinions on the ride and what we think. And we'd love to hear what you think as well. This is something that's been fun for us. Yeah. So today, as you probably saw in the title already, we are talking about the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros. Of course, this attraction is located in the Mexico Pavilion in the Pyramid and the World Showcase of Epcot. Yes. A lot of prepositions there. <laughs> but um, so this ride opened on April 6th, 2007, and it replaced El Rio del Tiempo, which was actually an opening day attraction for Epcot in 1982. Do you remember that ride? Very. Not until I read it. And I don't know if I convinced myself that I remember it. Or not. I mean, obviously, both of us went to the parks well before 2007. It just doesn't stand out to me. I remember like the Norway ride. Maelstrom. Yes, but I I don't remember this one as much. Um, so both of us, I think, have openly admitted that as kids, we did not like Epcot very much. Mm -hmm. I know me in particular, I would kick and scream and not try to go around World Showcase. It's a long walk for a little kid. <laughs> so I'd imagine it is very likely that I tried to sway my family to not ride this. Very possible. Very often. Yeah. But just to learn about 
how Grand Fiesta Tour came to be. Basically, the bones and the layout of El Rio del Tiempo remained after the renovation. So both our boat rides and both had the same general layout is basically just they rethemed it or put a new skin on it um, to do it. So El Rio del Tiempo was an attraction meant to reflect the progression from native Aztec culture to the colonial period and then finally the present day of Mexican heritage. I think this is interesting because Disney does this in the past, they did this so often where they brought something to present day and it gets outdated so quickly, almost immediately. Yeah. I mean, that really is just the risk that you run with any kind of historical ride. I mean, that's what I think they ran into um, with the main attraction there at Epcot is that they just can't keep up. Spaceship Earth? Yes. The main attraction. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought you'd forgotten the name of it. No, but I mean, that's the risk that you run. And I think maybe they learned that. And that's why a lot of those kind of attractions are disappearing slowly. But that's interesting. Yeah. So like I said, it's it was the same layout. So you would board the boats over on the left hand side of the inside of the pyramid. You would then ride past the volcano and past the San Angel Inn restaurant. And then you would be guided through Mexican culture and Me- Mexican history by an Aztec priest or like the, the spirit. spirit of an Aztec priest. I don't exactly remember that part, but um, it used that same concept that Grand Fiesta Tour does, where it was a mix between the It's a Small World-esque type dolls and video screens that they had live footage to be able to show. So it's kind of a, a similar thing. I thought it was interesting, the timing of the renovation. So... Grand Fiesta Tour opened in 2007. Doesn't this just sound like something Michael Eisner would have done? I mean, I suppose so. I mean, I guess it fits the bill for Iger as well. But when I first started reading reading this, I said, well, this has Michael Eisner written all over it. But he actually stepped down in 2005. This opened in 2007. I couldn't find any literature to point whose final signature signed off on this. Yeah. Like, was it in the works before Eisner stepped down? Or is it maybe one of the first things that Iger did? I lean towards it was probably all Bob Iger because it wasn't a major renovation to do this. So I don't think it would have taken two full years for this to happen. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It was it seems like a pretty quick turnaround. So the next point is probably a point of contention. Yeah, for I a lot so of too. people. This was the first World Showcase attraction to feature Disney intellectual property. And that I to me that's very interesting. It's also interesting because here in a minute we're actually gonna talk about the movies and like the history of the movie. So, you know, it's interesting that they would take that, but it definitely started a trend for you know, what we're seeing now with the rest of World Showcase, they've slowly started to implement more of that intellectual property. So I don't know. If So if there was a tipping point, this was it. This was it. Yeah. So it opened the door for Frozen, opened the door for Beauty and the Beast, Ratatouille now, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. So I, I guess I just never realized that that was the first one. 
No, I mean, thinking about it now totally makes sense. I guess just the biggest one that always comes to mind is Frozen because that was the biggest, I guess. E-ticket. Yeah, the biggest blow up of opinions and everything else, too. But I think it's fun. I'm pro. So I think to understand where this attraction came from, you need to understand the characters and specifically the movies that they showed up in. So the three Caballeros did have their own self-titled movie that came out in 1944. I had no idea it was that old. <laughs> um, Jose Carioca and Donald actually appeared before then. Of course, Donald way before then. Yeah. But. Jose showed up in 1942 in Saludos Amigos, which is an interesting, I almost don't even want to call it a film because it's like a collection of four different stories. And I think Jose's in two of them, but Panchito is not in there at all. The first time that we saw all three of them together was two years after Saludos Amigos in The Three Caballeros. So then Panchito, Jose, and Donald team up and they are basically touring different locations in South America. Yeah. So this is what is interesting about these three characters and how they kind of implemented them into this ride is that only Panchito is from Mexico. Donald's American. Jose is Brazilian. And throughout the movie, they don't explicitly go to Mexico. They're mostly just in South America. Yeah. So they like spend some time in Peru, in Chile, in Brazil, obviously. But there's never a point in the movie where it's they specifically visit a location that is known as Mexico. Mm -hmm. There are scenes that are like untitled that you may be able to infer our Mexico. The world premiere of this movie, I think, actually happened in Mexico City. Hmm. Okay. So it's got ties to Mexico, but I just found that interesting that I I don't know why other people may have done this. I didn't realize Jose was not Mexican. Yeah. I did not realize he was Brazilian. Um, and of course, we knew Donald was American, but it, it's interesting that 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 story was then fit into the World Showcase yeah. It's a stretch. It is kind of a stretch. It's almost like they wanted to take like the first step into introducing like intellectual property into the rides. And maybe, you know, that was just like the least popular ride is kind of what I'm thinking. So they thought like this is a good starting point. Like, what can we do with this? So they stretched, you know, to see how it would work. I don't know. Yeah. Another thing that maybe plays into their hand is that Panchito is the quote unquote leader of the three Caballeros. And since he is Mexican, you know, he's kind of the main one, but I've never viewed him as the main one. I've kind of viewed them collectively as equal parts, but I guess specifically Panchito is the leader. Yeah. Every group has a leader. That's true. So, that kind of explains the background. Of course, they have then appeared in many different like shorts and other films along the way. Actually, I remember on a cruise, we saw them in an episode of Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Yes, I was going to say they're in like a, a kid's show. That's yep. it. Yeah. And they were in Spain in that one because mm -hmm. it was at the running of the bulls. It was. Yeah. So they're kind of all over the place. 
They are. They're, basically, they're traveling. They're famous. Basically, any Spanish or I guess Portuguese speaking country. Yeah. They're there. They're there. Um, so throughout the years, the ride has pretty much remained the same. There was one update done um, where they added the three animatronics of the three Cabrillos in the finale to mm. kind of where you'd make that, that half circle. moon circle mm-hmm. and you see them all playing and they're singing the three Cabrillos song. Those were actually brought over from Mickey Mouse review. Here's where I'm lost. And I want to know if anybody knows this. Mickey Mouse review closed in Walt Disney World in 1980. Okay. Were these animatronics sitting in storage from 1980 all the way to whatever year these were added? I think it was in the early 2010s. I don't know. The other option that I was able to piece together is that Tokyo Disneyland had a Mickey Mouse review that opened in 1983, so after the one in Magic Kingdom closed, and then closed in 2009. So you think maybe they were passed along? So either they built some new ones for Tokyo's version, or those same ones all the way from the one that closed. It was actually an opening day attraction, I'm pretty sure. 1971 got passed all the way from... Orlando to Tokyo and then came back to Orlando for this attraction. Hmm. I don't know. I would imagine they have to have been re-skinned or. Yeah, revamped a little. To make them look better because I did watch a short clip of Mickey Mouse Review and it was a little frightening. (laughs) It's just it's just old. You can tell. Yeah, even looking at like some of those like opening day costumes, we did that here recently from the parade. Some of those costumes are a little frightening. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody knows the answer to that, I'm very interested in how those where those animatronics originally came from. Yeah. Were they in Orlando or were they in Tokyo? Or are they just new? Well, they're not new because it said they specifically got them from Mickey Mouse Review. Oh, so we just don't know which one specifically. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. So finally, the history of this attraction is not complete without discussing how many times it is rumored to have been on the chopping block. Even before Coco was released in 2017, you can find articles out there saying Grand Fiesta Tour is about to close. It's about to be remodeled. It's about to, you know, fill in the blank. The success of Coco has really accelerated those rumors. Yeah. So, I don't know. At this point, the point of this discussion is not necessarily for rumors, but it does almost feel inevitable that it will be replaced eventually. I think... It's possible, but I do think that for them to be able to do that, the whole ride would have to be, I mean, kind of like what they did with Frozen. It would have to be completely shut down. I mean, I guess they could still use the track and it could still be like a boat ride, but it's not a simple switch, I feel like. I mean, you need completely new animatronic 
masks. You can't use those little, I can't say the word. You can't use the same dolls and things like that. I mean, I don't even know if they would still want to use the screens. You know, like to me, if you were to do a Cocoa Ride, I don't even know if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest allure of a Cocoa Ride is the music. It does have some great music. Yeah. So, you know, can you do a boat ride based on Coco that mainly is just a feature of the music? Yeah. The I didn't mention this, but El Rio del Tiempo also has a Dia de los Muertos final scene. Mm. So that would almost be a tie back to the original original. attraction. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess only time will tell. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Um, But I think that's pretty much it for the history of this attraction. Do you want to share kind of the screen or the scene breakdowns? We kind of already talked about it, but just an overview of how the storytelling aspect of this ride takes place. Yeah. So basically you get into your boat and you start the ride by floating around the Mayan pyramid. And it's in the back of the Mexico pavilion near the San Angel Inn restaurant. And there's a lot of Mexican restaurants in the Mexico pavilion. It was hard to to narrow down which restaurant it actually was. I had to do some research. But San Angel Inn Restaurant, we actually ate there recently. It was very good. We would highly recommend it. Um, But it has a very similar feeling to being on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland, where you ride by the restaurant um, and all kind of plays in together. So I would even be interested if they were to change the ride to like a Cocoa ride, how that would work with the restaurant being right there. You know what I mean? Um, after you float by the pyramid, you travel through a tunnel and that's when you're first introduced to Panchito and Jose who are looking for Donald Duck. So the storyline kind of starts to unfold here where they have this performance that they're trying to get to, but they can't find their third member. So basically the whole ride takes you through their search for Donald. Um, So basically they take you to different places in Mexico. Um, I feel like I would completely butcher the names of all of these places. Um, Mexico City, Chichen Itza, Chichen Itza. (laughs) Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. Um, Acapulco. Can you say the last one? Uh, Manzanillo, I believe. Okay. I took French in high school. Um, So that didn't help me at all. But they take you into all these different locations. And basically, it's like a hide and seek for Donald, which I do appreciate about this ride, because I do think that's kind of more interactive. It's a little more fun. It's something that kids can enjoy. Um, So you are looking for Donald. You see him kind of doing his own little tour. He's getting into trouble. He's cliff diving. He's scuba diving, boating, parasailing, um, all these crazy things. And then finally at the end, um, that's when all three are reunited for their concert, their performance um, in Mexico City. And then that's, you know, they're at the end where you see the fireworks and they're singing and it's a good time. A fiesta. Um, A fiesta, a party. Um, So the last thing that you see before you actually unload, there is actually a mural of a map inspired by the one that's actually in the film, The Three Caballeros. So I think that's just a fun little 
tie into the actual movie. But the storytelling of this whole ride is basically just you're searching for Donald. Yeah. Yeah. And you find him. And you find him. Success. It's a happy ending. It has to have a happy ending. Yeah. Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, I I don't specifically remember the exact story of the Three Caballeros. It has been so long since I've seen it. It is on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be a retelling of that movie Mm-mm. for it to make sense. No. I think it does still highlight... Mexican heritage and Mexican culture. And it is more modern, you know, so I think if that's something that Disney was trying to um, promote too, even in the original ride is kind of, you know, culture today and everything like that. I think it does that. Yeah, I think so, too. So let's take a quick break. We'll hear a message from our partners and then we'll be back to share our personal history, some of our opinions on the ride and give it our Neverland score. This episode is brought to you by Karma and Kismet. Our friend Kelly is an outstanding artist. You may have seen her hosting a Disney Doodle Challenge on Instagram this past week while everybody has been at home. I still haven't mustered up enough courage to share any of my doodles. (laughs) But the passion she has for Disney and art come together to create some beautiful pieces for her shop, Karma and Kismet. I was just checking out some of her art prints this morning and saw some art inspired by Vintage Epcot, The Great Movie Ride, Star Wars Heroines, and so much more. We highly recommend checking out Kelly's work at KarmaNKismetDesigns.com. That's the letter N, Karma in Kismet Designs, or search Karma in Kismet on Etsy. The link to her shop will also be in our show notes, and you can use the code DETOUR10 for 10% off your order. So check out Kelly today. So we're back, and we're going to talk personal history. So do you want to go first? I can. So we've been alternating on who gets to choose attractions. I chose this attraction sort of as a joke, but I actually really enjoy this attraction. It never has a wait, which is a plus for us. Mm -hmm. We've become those lazy people that we almost rarely wait more than 30 minutes for a ride anymore. Yeah. So it's always like a go-to. You know you can just get right on it. But to me, it just feels like a classic Disney boat ride. So boat rides have always been a staple of Disney attractions. So I think... I just enjoy the similarities that it shows to something like it's a small world where it has better music than it's a small world. (laughs) And just the addition of a Disney intellectual property makes it pretty enjoyable for me. I also like that it has similarities to Pirates of the Caribbean in New Orleans Square in Disneyland. And, you know, I just think. It's I I know we said this I said this last time for Kilimanjaro, but riding this ride or getting off this ride, is there anybody who's not smiling? It's cheesy, it's silly, but I feel like it's just a it's it captures everything that a Disney boat ride should. I would agree with that. It's a good ride and it's super cute. And I think it's good for people of all ages. All family members can ride it. Um, And like you said, it is a good 
kind of break, you know, Epcot, especially for kids, is kind of hard to walk around the whole thing. So it is nice when you come to pavilions with rides because not all of them have a ride. So I do think that this maybe gives it some bonus points as far as like a like a rating, whatever we're we're going to say, just because um, it is a nice little bonus to kind of get that break because um, adults love World Showcase, but maybe kids not so much. So I agree with a lot of those things that you just said. Um, I do like it because it is inside. It's air conditioned. There's really a wait. Um, when we rode it in March, we basically just walked right on and we almost got a boat to ourselves, but they made us wait to, for more people to fill it up. Um, but I do think it has a really fun atmosphere. Um, and then kind of like I mentioned before, I really like the hide and seek element of the ride where you're looking for Donald. I think my favorite scene in the ride is when Donald's the pinata at the birthday party. So I don't necessarily have like a deep emotional connection to this ride. Um, it's not like a must do. It's not like my favorite ever, but it is reliable. I do like reliability. Um, it's just something nice to do when you're in Epcot. We always stop inside the Mexico pavilion anyway. So it's like, while you're there, you might as well kind of thing. Um, and then I guess the biggest emotional connection that I would have to it is that, um, you, me and my sister call ourselves the three caballeros. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely agree with everything you said. It's not crazy, but I do feel like sometimes it gets a bad rap just because it never has a weight. Yeah. Which isn't fair. It's not a fair measuring stick for how enjoyable a ride is. I agree. I mean, I think it probably just gets overlooked. You know, it's not like a huge thrill. Like it's not like the first thing that people run to when you go into Epcot, but it's there. And it's reliable. And I'll ride it as long as it's there, you know. So I did think of one thing that would improve this ride. Okay. You have a little drive through area of La Cava de Tequila. That would be fun. I don't know if they could, if they would have time, though, to stop and get everybody's orders. You got to fill them out beforehand. I was going to say, you might have to, like, mobile order. Yeah. But... That's, I mean, that's why I said we're we're always in the Mexico Pavilion anyway, so it's a nice perk that it's there. It's just like a one-stop shop, you know? Yeah. So now we have to give it our Neverland score. Um, so this is composed of the ability to take you out of reality, the story you're being told, rewritability, effects and technology, and emotional attachment. Just as a reminder to set the bar, Peter Pan's flight... Got a 7.5 for me and a 6.5 for you. And we both gave Kilimanjaro a nine. nine. Yeah. High bar. Yeah. I may have to amend that one. Yeah, it's too late now. You can't. There's no take backsies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your score for the Grand Fiesta Tour? I gave it a five. And that's just because I think it's it's average. I mean, for everything that I said before, um, it's not really taking you out of reality. Um, the technology isn't great. You know, it's it's not my favorite ride ever, but it's good and it's reliable and it is like a feel good kind of ride. You know, I do get off and I'm glad we did it um, and it's a nice break. That's a, that's that, you know? Yeah. I gave it a six. Okay. For a lot of those same reasons, like 
It, it is an attraction that if we're in the Mexico Pavilion and we have time, we will ride it every time. But like, if we don't, if we're not going to La Cava or something, it's maybe not worth going into the pyramid just for Grand Fiesta Tour. I think that's a good point. Yeah. But if you're already in there, it takes, it's not long. No, I think like total, when we were doing research, they said it's like an eight minute ride. So, I mean, super fast, especially when there's no wait. Yeah. So I think it's good. It's yeah. the lowest rated for both of us out of the attraction we've done so far. But that makes sense. I mean, it can't. It's not asked to live up to Kilimanjaro or Peter Pan's flight. No. I mean, that's not the kind of ride that it is. Yeah. So I don't I don't even know if we want to have this discussion, but would you welcome Coco taking over? I don't know. I I guess I always say like I'm open to new things because it does excite me just since we go so often. It always excites me to have something new. So I am always very open to um, like renovations and new rides and things like that. Um, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be heartbroken if they took it away. I'm not going to like promote Coco taking over, I guess, just because... I don't know if that's necessary, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I would be open to it as long as the three Caballeros, even if it's not in Mexico Pavilion, gets some sort of, of their scene somewhere. Yeah, I think it would be very easy if they did take away the Grand Fiesta Tour and turn it into some kind of cocoa ride, it would be very easy for Disney to just kind of dismiss them altogether. I mean, it's very popular to meet Mexican Donald right now. They even have like the little plush and everything of him, which is so cute. But it would be very easy for them to just like quickly just kind of brush him under the rug. It is often forgot that Panchito and Jose are in the whatever they're calling it now, Mouska Dance It party in Magic Kingdom. That's true. But like, do kids know that that's where they come from? You know, I almost feel like if you get to ride this ride, it kind of makes that connection for kids that they understand like what the history is, where even some adults probably don't know since it's an older movie. Probably so. I don't know. So, yeah, I I would be open to it. But the one thing I was going to mention is if they did that, it's not only the ride that has to be redone. The entire queue has to be redone because a Coco attraction would probably, I would say, consistently have a 30 minute wait. And that queue that they have does not support that. That's true. And and, I mean, the space in the Mexico Pavilion is already pretty tight because of all the vendors that they have. So you'd probably have to get rid of that little shop that's against the wall. Mm -hmm. And then it's already cramped a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's bigger than just, hey, let's reskin this to Coco. There is some major construction and reimagining of that space that have to be done. And they might have to shut down Cava de Tequila. And that is not acceptable. That is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tell it. What did you find? Oh, yeah. So um, La Cava, and I can look up their exact handle this week. If you're listening to when this episode released, they are doing mixology classes on Instagram live every night. 
So their master bartender is on there. You can find them on Instagram at La Cava del Tequila. <laughs> Very simple. Very simple. Their exact name. Um, I believe they are around 6 p.m. Eastern. Don't quote me on that. It's either 6 or 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, but check those out. We we missed them last night. The other thing that we have to mention, our favorite Yeehaw Bob is hosting Facebook Lives as the parks are closed. Um, so he has one today at 2 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday, the 25th. And then I think, again, he Sunday. said on Sunday. Yeah. So if you're looking for a Disney fix, those are two great options that we've found. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. We watched Yeehaw Bob last Sunday and really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. So we'd recommend it. We did dance like fools in our kitchen. Our neighbors couldn't see us. It's fine. Well, the blinds were open. Well, whatever. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Catherine, you have to choose our next attraction in our storytelling series. I chose this next attraction not only because I love it, but also because it seemed like we were, you know, picking one from each park. Um, so I had to pick something from Hollywood Studios or I felt like I needed to. And I chose the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. So next Wednesday, that's what we'll be exploring. Oh, fun. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you are staying safe and healthy, healthy. Thank an essential worker. If you came this week, grocery store workers, delivery drivers, whatever it might be, show some kindness their way. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you next Monday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.